All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Gridiron Zero's podcast. Uh, it is episode 83, uh, and we got a great one for you today. We're going to be discussing, uh, is it time to panic uh, for the several 0-2 teams that we have in the league? Uh, we then go into follow the money, uh, set you right with some good picks this week, and then finally we recap the, um, the game. I'll leave it at that, the game against Seattle yesterday. Uh, for the Lions, and then we preview and give uh, our weekly list of demands for the Lions uh, in our last segment against Atlanta. Let's go ahead. Let's get right into it. Okay, Al, uh, week two, almost in the books. We have Monday Night Football tonight uh, where some teams are battling not to go 0-2. That would be the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Carolina Panthers. You know, we, we found we found out uh, last week that some pretty eventful stuff can happen on Monday Night Football. I guess so. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe the biggest thing Aaron of the Rogers. year <laughs> could happen on Monday Night Football, possibly. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, geez. Because uh, the Jets are 1-1, one one, even after that brutal loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh the Jets are one and one. Their season looks bleak, but maybe not as bleak as some of these other teams we're going to talk about today. So let's start with the team that uh, started off the week uh, and ended up going 0 and 2 on Thursday night. The Minnesota Vikings dropped to the Philadelphia Eagles 34 to 28. Al, is it time to panic? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's over. Um, that defense looked atrocious yeah two straight weeks this looked pretty bad and it looked very bad last year in stretches too i mean they gave up 259 yards rushing (laughs) on 48 carries what 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 swift ended up with 170 eight carries 175 yards he averaged 6.3 yards a carry boston scott five for 48 yards a carry i mean it's inexcusable. Abomination. Yeah, and I, yeah, we we uh, we have plenty of complaining to do about our own NFC North defense uh, here, but hey, it could be worse. It you know? could be. Uh, I mean, the most frustrating thing is you know, like you hear Minnesota lost prime time Thursday night. You're like, well, shit. Well, I also had a horrible game. No, I thought you were gonna say, well, also the sky is blue and right. uh, the grass is green. So yeah, what else? Well, what else? What other surprises do you have you in know, store? You hear Minnesota loses prime time. You're like, well, Kirk Cousins had a terrible game, didn't he? Uh, 31 for 44, 364 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. He did have a fumble. But what what else would you want from the guy? I mean, he fucking balled out. His run game, nine carries, 28 yards. Look, it, the, the the point of this segment, though, is, is to say, uh, like, is it time to panic? Like, I'm not really even in panic mode with this team because, like, I feel like th- we've seen this coming from a mile away. Like, we knew this defense was old and not good. Kirk's in the last year of his deal. Yes, they have Jefferson. Jordan Addison looks pretty fucking good, too, I have to admit. He's, yeah. he's having a nice year so far. Hawkinson even looked pretty good. I would say that this is time to panic because I think they're losing games that they're, like, in but they're not but the point of it is that this is the end of of this iteration of the vikings it's over like th- this year uh, you deal kirk yeah before the end of if the you season? if you can absolutely but it d- depends 
you know, there's already so much conversation about what his, his trademark even looks like. I can't believe people are throwing the Jets out there. Like, that's a realistic option. Like, no, definitely not. But, like, yeah, if you can move yeah, off him for, for some picks or whatever, this this quarterback class is loaded. I know it's not all on Kirk, but overall he is the encompassing, like, vibe of this team. They just aren't good enough. They, Jefferson alone cannot carry this. Kirk playing great fantasy football stats is not going to carry them to a Super Bowl. And that's the that's the window that they've been in the last, like, you know, three-ish years, really. And I yeah. just feel like the wheels are starting to fall off. And we knew last year they were kind of fraudulent with all their last-minute wins and their record should have been as good as it was. We knew that. Now we're seeing what they actually are. So I'm not panicking. I'm just, this is what it is. But if you had to put a label on it, yes, time to panic for the Vikings. Um, well, uh, they get a chance to get into the win column against a fellow 0-2 team. And I got to say, Al, I think this is the most obvious one on this list. Is it time to panic in L.A. for the Chargers? Also, yes. Yes. Also, yes. 1,000% yes. Because the big storyline coming out of week one was what the hell is Brandon Staley adjusting on defense? This defense is too talented to be losing these games. Well, guess what? They just did it again against a Titans team who I wanted to bury this week uh, coming into yeah. the week, a fl- uh, on paper, Didn't floundering team. Uh, so I, I was ready for the Chargers to have a nice bounce-back game, and oh, my God, they, they and they were up for a little bit. They lost. Uh, uh, yeah, they were, let's see, 14-10 to 10 at half. Uh, and then they were tied 14-14. They might have gotten back in for a second, maybe. Oh, no, I'm sorry. 14-10, 17-14, Tennessee went back up, and then I think they tied and took the lead 24-17 to and then gave up a touchdown late there. Um, yes, because Tannehill threw an absolute bomb to Traylon Burks. Uh, who had a good game yesterday, three for 76. I mean, not, well, about not time. terrible. About time. Well, that's not, terrible. not even that good, but all right. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not good. I mean, he led the team in yards. It's the guy that they gave up A.J. Brown in exchange for. So let's uh, – I, I hate to say it, Al. I think A.J. Brown might have had worse stats well, this past week. <laughs> career-wise, though, it ain't close. They got uh, Derrick Henry the ball a lot more, 25 carries for only 80 yards. So not, not great stats from him either. But Tannehill, 20 for 24. 246, one touchdown, no picks, uh, which, you know, coming off last week, that was a lot of picks. Uh, did get sacked five times for 46 yards. But, uh, yeah, I, I Staley on the hottest of hot seats right now. Well, they should have just moved on last year. And, I and, think so, And too. maybe they could have just – maybe they could have been in the Sean Payton sweepstakes. And, I mean, what a different situation that could have been with Payton and, and Justin Herbert. But – uh, yeah, this thing is uh, on track for uh, Brandon Staley. We need to learn Chinese very quickly. So. Yeah, uh, you know, he's a very analytical guy. I can't imagine the analytics tell you to punt on fourth and one when you're on the opposing 44-yard line. Well, yeah, that's because you're a Dan Campbell slappy that you're saying that. but It's very possible. But I can't imagine. I'm saying analytics-wise, that cannot be what the analytics say. Um. <laughs> Cincinnati. Time to panic? Uh no. No. That, and I I know Burrow has looked bad. I know that the team has looked bad. Uh but I mean, 
history shows that's how they've been the last two, three years. They just they start slow and they heat up. So I'm not going to worry too much. Uh, I am not pushing the button down, but my hand's on the button right now. You feel like this is only, different than only other years? they dropped two division games now. That is huge. Um, so in terms of getting into the division race, which are already two games behind Baltimore, possibly... No, not possibly. Yeah, possibly. Cleveland. Baltimore's two and zero. Cleveland has a shot Cleveland to go two and zero tonight. Um, the only reason I'm not pushing it yet is because Joe Burrow, in his career, weeks one and two, is a combined one and seven. And uh, one year he went to the Super Bowl. One year he went to, I think, the divisional round. And then the year, his rookie year, the one year they didn't go to the playoffs, he blew his ACL out. So, I think that's the only thing. This is like so extremely common for. Cincinnati, but I think I think the difference now too, uh, like or a part of it, I guess. I mean, there's there's such a slim margin for for error in the AFC right now. I mean, absolutely. Those playoff spots, maybe maybe teams like the Jets being out of it, maybe like yeah, honestly, it might be opening up a little bit more, a little bit, but like it's still gonna be a tight race maybe not yeah. as tight as everyone thought it would be but like it's gonna be tight so you really need to start ramping up here um can I, can I throw a team to you i got one i gotta imagine it's the one i was just about to mention go ahead new england patriots oh i actually forgot to write them down oh and two um, yeah no 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 i wouldn't panic yet they've had two close games one possession games against two I would say Super Bowl contenders. Where they almost came back and won. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't panic yet. Uh, I'm hearing, I am hearing Kirk Cousins' name thrown around for the Patriots, though. Well, I, uh, I, I am going to panic a little bit with, with them because I, I know these two first two weeks are about as tough of a matchup as you could ask for. Uh, but you're at home for both of them. Yeah. That's for what tough. it's worth. And, you know, I, I just feel like the time for excuses for them is kind of out. They, they've had multiple seasons with Mac Jones. They brought Bill O'Brien back. Belichick's the greatest of all time. Their defense is, is definitely above average, and he always coaches up defense. I mean, this offense has no playmakers. No, like, really. Zero. And you're just dumping it all on Mac Jones and a really subpar running game so far this year. Extremely uh, subpar. Twenty five carries, eighty eight yards, three point five yards a carry, and like that ain't gonna win you the AFC East. No, like no. absolutely, like Mike McDaniel's out there being innovative on offense, and like honestly, with the Jets in the spot they're in now, I think Miami's the team to beat in that division. I would agree one one thousand percent. I would agree because Buffalo has some warts this year too, but yeah, Miami looks like they're they're right in contention, so. Uh, I think it is time to panic for the Patriots. And uh, a quick side note, too. I asked a friend of the show, Judd, uh, after a few beers at the Lions tailgate, I asked him, uh, as a Pats fan, obviously with everything Bill's ever done, he's the greatest ever. You've gotten a bunch of Super Bowls. As, do you feel like the fans are kind of ready for Something the wins to change here a little bit? And he said, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I don't know. So I don't know. That's tough. And that's not it's not just him being dramatic. I, I've kind of peeped some comment sections and stuff, and there's a lot of similar consensus. So interesting. Uh well they have a chance to get back into the win column this upcoming week against the Jets. Um that one should that's be tough too though. That's not defense is tough. No, no easy games here. Uh then they're at the Cowboys. Oh. 
Then they're at home against the Saints. Then they're on the road against the Raiders. And then they're Bills, Dolphins, back-to-back division games. So, very tough. Time to panic. Time to panic. Uh, But I think they can stay in games. I think they can – they're going to start winning some. They're going to start winning some. They might be able to steal one here or there. Um, You got one more? Yes, I have one more. And I think it's uh, quite honestly the funniest one. Can I guess? How about them Broncos? Oh, okay. That's that was gonna be my guess, but is it gonna be Chicago? It was gonna be Chicago. Is my guess? Chicago yeah. is also fucking hilarious. Yeah, they're terrible. Uh, <laughs> they're really bad. How bad they are, and how everybody. What is it? Did I remember? Do I remember this correctly? Was Justin Fields the number one person bet on to win MVP this year? Oh, I don't know about I that, think, but pe- people were chugging his Kool Aid. I think for sure. he might have been the uh, most bet person for MVP this year. And uh, the man's thrown back-to-back pick sixes in games. Um, <laughs> he is atrocious. Yeah, they're, they're a fucking mess, but that's no surprise. Uh, but how about Denver? Let's talk Denver. Yeah, Two back-to-back home losses. Uh, they blow a 21-3 to lead. Now it's not the offense. Well, also, not just home losses. Home cupcake losses further schedule yeah raiders, raiders commanders. commanders i mean yeah those those are games that the schedule gods are like all right broncos get a hot start going yeah. like for real like sean payton was given a layup for those first two and uh first game it was offense second game uh fluky disaster that ended in <laughs> one of the weirdest endings to a game I've Honestly, seen in a while but it should have been it should have been 35-27 final score uh the Broncos get very lucky and get a huge help there at the end um but uh what what the fuck's going on with them what's their what's their schedule their upcoming schedule cuz that's that will definitely uh factor into is it time to panic for them uh, I, I think it's hard i think it's not Miami. good Miami okay it's not good it's not good they will get in the win column week four. Uh, they're at Chicago. Okay. Well, they got one. Uh, and then they got the Jets at home. So that's not toss bad. Toss up. Uh, and then they're at Kansas City. So I think uh, what we're saying. Two and four. Two and four at best. Not great. Not no. great. But I, I don't I don't think it's quite time to, to panic yet. And they got. Mm. Oh, God. I mean, this gets, this opens up real bad. Uh after at Chiefs on what seems to be Monday Night Football, uh, they're at home against the Packers, and then they're at home against the Chiefs again, and then they're on the road against the Bills. Yeah, that's brutal. That's brutal. Uh, not great. Not great. But also, kind of like kind of like the Patriots we were just talking about, like the excuse time is over. I, I know that Sean Payton is oh, yeah. a first year head coach with the team, but like he's been a head coach for a long time. He had a pretty uh, well documented off season. Yeah, with them, and your first two games were gimmies, and you went zero and two at home. So, yeah. it, like, you got to go make chicken salad with the schedule right now. And there, there's expectations for them to go make a playoff run, like for real. Uh, ever since Russ got there, but like this team has looked completely outclassed in almost every game they've played. Are you panicking yet? I'm, I'm not gonna say yet, uh, but, but I'm definitely like. You got your hand on the button. For sure, it's it's definitely like moving up closer to the button. But if you am, go zero and zero and four, I mean, then yeah, let's let's am let's party. But evacuating children out. Of the area. 
<laughs> I am like the sirens are blaring through the city right now. It is time to panic, Denver. You guys are not good, even after the head coaching change. Here's how bad you are. Last year, Nathaniel Hackett started two and one. Oh, shucky ducky, quack, quack. Last year, Nathaniel Hackett started two and one. He beat San Francisco. Oh, wow. And you're telling me that Sean Payton gets two layups and he can't get a fucking win at home? Yeah. You're telling me that he blows a 21 to 3 lead? Tell me that he can't put up more than 16 on Las Vegas? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I want to say the Commanders and, and no, the Commanders are close to the bottom on my power rankings for the for their division, but the Raiders were well at the Commanders bottom. Commanders are 2-0. I know, but but, but we, beat going into the season, though, I don't think anyone was thinking that they were going to be 2-0 or like actually no, being competitive, so... Uh, yeah, it's just, it's a disastrous start, but I'm not, I'm not quite panicking yet. You're clearly far gone into the panic like, zone. Dude, you're on, you're on military I, lockdown. I, right Al, I hate to say it, but I called this shit back in preseason. After their first preseason game, I was, I was hitting the panic button then. Fucking a toe to so. Fucking a toe to so. And my God. Two weeks in, and you're off to a worse start than the man you just tried to dunk on. Um, Sean Payton, you got to figure it the fuck out, brother. Or you better start learning Chinese. This thing's uh, this thing's headed for a complete overhaul. It's it's not looking good right now. <laughs> Let me tell you, Minnesota might be trading for Russ in the off season. Oh, good lord. Um, okay. Uh, you know, there's Houston and Arizona who are both zero two right now. Do we want to talk about them? No. No. I didn't say. I didn't think so. One thing I'll say for each of them, one bullet point for each. Yeah. Cardinals look surprisingly more competent than I expected. Yeah. Yes. And CJ Stroud has looked pretty good. Uh, has he? Yeah. I was going to say, um, real quick, since you mentioned CJ Stroud, I will eat crow and say that Anthony Richardson actually looks much better than how I thought he would. I think he's going to pan out. He's, he's in concussion he's protocol, protect, but. Yeah, he's got to learn to protect himself. Um, all right, time for Follow the Money. Okay, Follow the Money. Um, let's take a look at last week's picks. Al, uh, you had Los Angeles Chargers minus three. Uh, L. Unfortunately, did not hit. Uh, you had the New York Giants minus four and a half. Uh, unfortunately, they did come back. Could not cover the spread. Unfucking believable. Uh, and then you had Desmond Ritter and the Atlanta Falcons. There is the first win on the season. All right, we'll take one. It's an improvement. It's an uh, improvement. <laughs> I had Indianapolis minus 105. Uh, that hit. I had the under in Minnesota and Philadelphia. Uh, I bet that game IRL. And let me tell you, Al, I was really fucking pissed. Uh, there was maybe 20 points, I think, scored in the first half. Three touchdowns in six minutes to start the second half. <laughs> yeah. And I knew it was dead right then and there. Um, for some reason, they just started airing the ball out, and both secondary said, hey, let them have it. Desperation. So, uh, so that one really hurt. And then uh, I had San Francisco minus seven. And uh, unfortunately, if you took San Francisco minus seven and a half, like later in the week, uh, you missed out and did not get the push. Oof. So, uh, Rams, Rams are, uh, kind let of me tell you something. I got a fucking beef you know? with that pick too. Rams kicked a field goal at when time expired in the fourth quarter. Really? They were down 10. 
Oh, I, yeah, I wasn't watching that game. That's so some scumbag of behavior from Sean McVay. And he's a real son of a bitch for doing that. Um, so year to date, Al is one in five. I am three, two, and one. And lock of the week, I gave you, uh, I said, I don't care what the fucking number is. It should be around 14 and ended up being 12 and a half. Geno Smith over on rushing yards. Uh, it was never in doubt, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, three carries for 20 yards. I knew that's all he needed. Two, three carries, all he needed. You're right. Back to basics. Back to basics. Uh, I mean, it was minus 140, but you put it's a lock for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. It's not always going to be the best odds, but it's a lock. Okay, so now we're looking at this week's board. Um, here are the over-unders. We have the New York Giants are traveling to San Francisco after coming off the big win over Arizona. That total is set at 45 points. Hey, can I just say right quick? Yes. Fuck the G-Men. I'm not taking those scumbags. Ever again? Two weeks in a row, I'm out. Uh, rightfully so. Uh, Atlanta, is uh, we'll get into next segment, uh, is coming to Detroit. The over-under is set at 47 points. Tennessee is traveling to Cleveland. We have not seen the Browns in week two yet going up against Pittsburgh, but that total is set at 42 points at the moment. Next, the theme with the spreads this week. I don't know if you caught on to this. Big. Big spreads. Huge. Houston is traveling to Jacksonville as Jacksonville looks to get back on track. Jacksonville is nine-point favorites. Uh, Chicago in free-falling mode currently at the moment. Uh, a lot of people calling for Justin Fields' head after they lost to Tampa Bay, and he threw a pick six for the second consecutive game. You know, I think this one already went up a point. I was looking at DraftKings before kidding. he came over. Yeah, uh, so 13 and a half. Uh, all right, so we'll change that to 13 and a half. Uh, also, uh, a little note about Chicago. Uh, have not won a game dating back to 2022. Uh, they have lost 12 straight games. Uh, Bear they down. are traveling to Kansas City. To oh, they're the in teams. Arrowhead? They are oh, in Arrowhead. Oh, good God. And 13 and a half point favorites are the Chiefs in that game. Finally, uh, this one, both these games uh, are going to be on the back burner. For important games to watch this week, Dallas is traveling to Arizona. Uh, Dallas, 12 and a half point favorites going up against the Cardinals. Can you imagine poor Josh Dobbs running for his fucking life against Micah Parsons? Yeah, it's not going to be good. Who, by the way, I'm not, I'm not going to be like everyone else and slurp off the Cowboys quite yet, but no, I will little, say, I'm a little conservative on it too. Micah looks, looks ferocious. MVP. Yeah, he, he looks, looks even better than he already did. So yeah. that's. That's saying something. Very concerning. Um, Los Angeles Chargers, finally, for the money lines. The Los Angeles Chargers, as we mentioned in the first segment, traveling to Minnesota. Minnesota is minus 105. This this might be a candidate for Toilet Bowl of the Year game already. Uh, that is a 1 p.m. in Minnesota game. Doesn't, ma record. doesn't matter anymore. I the think it does. The Bucks ruined that, that trend. Oh, shit, you're right. Yeah. It does not matter. Uh, New Orleans is plus 105. We have not seen New Orleans second game yet, but they will be in Green Bay. Uh, and then finally, Pittsburgh is traveling to Las Vegas for Sunday night football. Uh, Vegas is minus 105 in their own stadium. Uh, Al, I went 1-1-1. One, one, and one. You went 1-2 and two last week, so I get to go first. And I tell you what, buddy. Uh, Jacksonville coming off that loss. Give me Jacksonville minus nine at home. Give me money. Money me. 
Money now. Jacksonville minus nine at home. Okay. Okay. Uh, you really that confident they're just going to go out there and, yes. and cover that? Steamrolled in. Okay. They played a good game against the Chiefs. They just couldn't punch it in. Uh, I think CJ Stroud is in for a tough day. 0 oh, and 3 start for him potentially. So yeah. that's not fun. Uh, let's uh, let's go with the New Orleans money line. Hello, I like money. Uh, New Orleans plus 105 at Green Bay. All right, all right, that's an interesting one. I uh, Is your I, car traveling. I need to spice it up, and I mean, I'm trying to remember here. So week week one, the Packers played the Bears at Lambeau, but they were on the no, road. They were in Chicago, so they've been on the road two two weeks straight. Two weeks straight. Okay. So this is the first home opener. Okay. Saints on the road two weeks in a row now. Well, Lam- Lambo. Lambo's not an Arctic tundra yet. Uh, the Saints. Uh, we'll see what happens tonight, but they could go two and zero. This is a fun matchup. Uh, I like the Saints roster more, and I, I want I want to see the Packers lose more importantly. So yeah. let's uh, let's ride with Derek Carr and Saints. Uh, Packers also a little banged up at the moment. Uh, no Aaron Jones yesterday. No. Christian Watson yet on the year. Uh, this one scares me a little bit. I think Saquon is out. He is. Uh, give me the under in New York and San Francisco. Hello, I like money. I mean, San Fran can put up 40 by themselves. Uh, very true. Uh, I am hoping that they keep it low. And uh, I don't see New York scoring uh, a point. Although, I mean, did you hear the, the second half stats for Daniel Jones yesterday? Uh, 250 yards passing, 50 yards rushing, two throwing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, no turnovers, only player in NFL history to do all of that in one half. How about that? Wow. It's pretty impressive. Uh, you know you know what's interesting, a little factoid about the game too, is that uh, it would appear that in the second half, Brian Dayball took over play calling duties on offense from OC Mike Kafka, former wow. former backup Eagles quarterback. If you remember Mike Kafka? Uh, a so, bit, yeah. so uh, I th- me thinking Brian Dayball needs to be calling plays because uh, it's a much better offense when he is doing that. I guess so. Uh, all right, remind me your first two again. We got I took Jacksonville minus nine at home, New York, San Francisco under forty five. All right, let's try and hopefully make some easy money here. Uh, give me the Chiefs minus 12 and a half. That was going to be my next pick. Give me money. Money me. Money now. Uh, Bears are pure incompetence. We've talked about them uh, more than I thought we were going to talk about them today. But nothing good to say <laughs> at all. Uh, I, more importantly, though, I think the Chiefs, especially now back with Kelsey and Jones, they're just due for a mollywop game where they, yeah. just, where they just absolutely just stomp on someone. Yeah. First two games have been kind of nail biters. So Chris Jones now a game under his belt. Kelsey now a game under his belt. They should be back to 100. percent Yeah, I think I think they're going to steamroll the Bears. Oh, sorry, 13 and a half. 13 and a half. Yep, I got you written down for that. All right. Um, I tell you what, this could be really fucking stupid. This could be really fucking stupid. But people keep doubting this team, and they keep don't, showing up. Don't do it. At being competitive, I don't think Dallas is that good. I think their defense is good, not great. 
I think their offense is good, not great. I'm taking Arizona plus 12 and a half at home against Dallas. So you're you're counting them to, on them to keep it within 12. Within points. 12. Well, if you can say one thing about the Cardinals this year, it is that they've been competitive. They've and been they competitive. they have been in both games they've played, surprisingly. But I think they're about it to be was against Washington. And, and the Giants. New York. I think they're about to be outclassed, though, by, by Dallas. It's very possible that that is true. Is this a Dallas home game? No, this is in Arizona. Okay. Well. Uh, I don't know if that helps. Yeah, I, well, I Arizona don't. Arizona is not far from Dallas. I don't love it, but uh, you know what? Someone tells me they're taking their fans on the road. I kind of hate the rest of the board here. Yeah, I can't make heads or tails of that Tennessee and Cleveland game. Um, that one's pretty tough. Uh, a majority of the spreads. By the way, Al, uh, if there is a spread that you like, such as Dallas minus 12.5 or Houston plus 9, you are uh, allowed to take that. Um, mm. But yeah, you also got Minnesota minus 105 at home uh, as dogs over LA. And uh, you got the two home dogs. No, no. You know, you know what we're gonna do here? We're we're gonna go with the Lions for the first time this year. We're gonna right. go with uh, we're gonna go with the under in that game. Okay. Forty seven. Uh, I like that pick. We talked about it. Uh, feel like this is gonna be a heavy eat up the clock, time of possession, ground and pound day from Atlanta. Hopefully, Detroit can play that game and keep up, even though the running game is banged up. Uh, I, I don't I don't know. I don't think this would be a C- Seahawks. Points bonanza like no, this last so week. The defense better button the fuck up too. So I think uh, I think that's a very realistic possibility. So let's go with the under. Okay, uh, be sure to stick around to the end of the show to hear Al's lock of the week as he tries to uh, keep us going in the right direction here. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk Lions. Let's go. Okay, Al, time for Lions Talk. Uh, you and I uh, are recording this out of order today because uh, we couldn't go five seconds without immediately talking about the Lions. Now, before we were even setting up for the pod, we were like, let's talk Lions really quick. Yeah. I was like, let's uh, just record it. Let's just get into it. Yeah. Uh, so here we are. Uh, Lions lose to Seattle in overtime, uh, 37 to 31. Um there's a lot of blame to go around. Who, who do you want to blame first? Oh, I want to start off such a negative uh, note here, but uh, I guess not. Right, we have to. All right. Well, we if we're going to do that, pitchforks out. Um, number one, I'm going to say the pass rush. Uh, pass rush. It piss. Well, let's you know, let's look at it from the first week and this week. Zero sacks. Zero sacks. No, I'm sorry. One. Sack. Or one, one sack. I'm sorry. One sack on. Honestly. I, I do not even count that as a sack because it was Geno Smith rolling out of the pocket. And for some odd, inexplicable reason, the man tucks the ball and starts running instead of just throwing it away. And Anzalone finally got to him and chased him down. I don't, I do not count that as a sack. That's a baffling decision by Geno for sure. But uh, yeah, the, the pass rush in this game uh, felt non-existent. For most of it, uh, I would say of a pretty, pretty lousy defensive effort all around. I'd say that was probably the the weakest spot. Like I think most fans could come away and agree after yesterday and week one. So only the one sack, right? How about this? That was the only QB hit we had all day. 
not even just a sack, just getting to the quarterback. That was the only time we hit Geno behind the line of scrimmage. Also, that was the only tackle for a loss we had all day. Yeah, Kenneth Walker was also running like unchecked on many plays and uh, was having a much better afternoon with a horribly banged up offensive line that we thought we were going to be eaten all day yesterday. And Honestly, I'm not too upset with the run defense. Kenneth Walker had 17 for 43. He was averaging two and a half yards a carry, right? Like their def- their team as a whole was 25 for 82 or yeah, 25 carries for 82 yards. That's 3.3 yards a carry. Geno Smith was three for 20. You're welcome, by the way, listeners. Uh, three for 20. His prop was 12 and a half. But you take that out. They're 22 carries for 62 yards. I mean, like that's very solid. Meanwhile, we're 27 carries for 102 yards. And that run game didn't look great. But let's go back to the defense. Um yeah, pass rush, non-existent, so we're getting bad matchups where we're throwing, like, fucking Charles Harris into coverage against a tight end. He's going to get beat 20 times out of 10. And I think all three of their tight ends yesterday were, like, getting involved and, and getting catches. Like, it wasn't just a one-man show. Like, all they were running up in three tight end sets a lot, and they were all getting catches. God, I wish I knew who these tight ends no, Noah Fan. Will Disley, and I don't Colby remember. Colby Parkinson? Thank you, I didn't remember. a tight end? I believe he's the tight end three, but I don't remember his name You're off the right. top of my head. Yes. Uh, <sighs> Fant, four for 56. Parkinson, two for 41. Disley, three for 35. So they combined for a total of nine catches. 120, 130 yards. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's terrible. On 10 targets. I was hoping that this game wouldn't be as much of a track meet as as it was, uh, especially for the Seahawks, like scoring-wise. But looking at it removed, I mean, based on the last couple of matchups here, I mean, should we have expected anything different, to be honest? Uh, I mean, like, it wasn't so much in the first half. I mean, we held them to yeah. seven points, and then we come out, and this is, this is my blame with the offense. And I'm not putting it on one individual player because I don't think you can. This just, it, as an offense collective, this cannot happen. A, you cannot fumble the ball coming out of halftime when you're up in your own red zone. That basically just gave the Seahawks a free seven points. And the lead, major. Or the tie the ball game starting out. It, su- it sucks all the air out of those two missed field yeah. goals. Like they're basically nothing at that point. And then, B, you can't have that pick six in the fourth quarter. You just can't. I don't care. I, I mean, you know, I know people are saying that it's on Gibbs for running the wrong route. I look at that video, and that ball looks like behind Gibbs completely. Well, I look, don't know I mean, how he could have broken off that route differently. I was going to say that, but also I was going to make a note that, I mean, like, Goff's streak it came to an end. Uh, I think it was, it was three. 300 something pass attempts without a pick, which is like a league, you know, right, league high. Third highest ever. I mean, it's the NFL. You're going to throw picks sometimes. Pick six, yeah, that's brutal. But the fact that he's had one and like this Again, long of a span, I'm not going to be too mad. I'm more angry about the fumble. 
Yeah, and Jameer Gibbs kind of effing up the route, then putting it all on Goff. Goff played I'm not out. Putting anything on Goff. Goff. He played out of was his the gourd. One good thing we had yesterday. Yeah, he was electric yesterday. 25, 28 for thirty-five, three hundred and twenty-three yards, three touchdowns, the one pick. He only got sacked twice. So good job, offensive line. He had seventy-eight point seven QBR and a one twenty-one point eight rating. That's with the interception. And I gotta say. Uh, you know, during the pregame and everything, they're announcing all the guys on on the starting lineups and everything. Offense was Sunday. The cheers at Ford Field for Goff were like deafening. Like it was yeah. so loud for Jared Goff. And uh, I mean, I feel like that's probably a little confidence booster going to the game because I think as long as he's been here, it's he's been kind of a wait and see. We don't really know what we got here kind of thing. Some people are in Goff camp, others aren't. This is the first time where I felt like he was fully embraced as a Lions fan, like being at a game and seeing him. Uh, but yeah, he balled out. He played great. And it's disappointing that it had to end with an L. But yeah, he played He played a great game. He was definitely a bright spot. Uh, Amon was also a bright spot. Honestly, the, the passing game in general, I would say, was a good bright spot. Amon, jo- Josh Reynolds, Serpent of Death. for 102. Josh Reynolds, 5 for 66, and had two really good cut, uh, catches for touchdowns. Laporta, 5 for 63 on six targets, as long as it's 23 yards. Again, he was a good blanket to pick up those first downs. Kenny Raymond, 2 for 46 and a touchdown. Gibbs, you want to talk about Gibbs? Uh, you, you you can spearhead the conversation here. I, I will chime in. Though, I got to see more. Well, I think we're going to. I mean, right. because Montgomery, Montgomery being, being out. out and like, you know, I I don't know what it is. He looks night and day different from Kansas City. Uh, he was not hitting holes. He was not getting in the open. Seven catches, hit 39 yards. That's 5.6 yards of reception. I guess like I, I do want to. longest was seven yards. I do want to expand the conversation a little bit like further to just the running game in general, like moving into week three and, and onward. You know, Montgomery being out for a couple weeks is going to be pretty massive for this rushing attack. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Gibbs is an every down 75% of the snaps guy, no. especially right now. Uh, he's that really early on his like career, it. and that's just not his skill set for this offense, it would seem. So, I mean, what are we going to do here? You know, but Craig Reynolds and him are not going to be enough to carry this rushing attack alone. Like we need, we need another guy in there, and I don't know who that looks like right now. I don't know if he brings someone up from the practice squad. I don't know if they if they make a free agent signing. I know that uh, I know that uh, Justin Jackson retired. Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny is, is a free agent Green still. Hunt. Well, I just don't think those. I mean, those guys are going to want to come in and, and contribute for the year. I, I just don't think as soon as Montgomery's back, they're not really going to be in the rotation as much, I, I would imagine. But Rex Burkhead? Yeah, I don't know. That's why I'm kind of scratching my head here. I don't know what you do. Do we try to get Justin Jackson out of retirement? Honestly, that seems like a pretty realistic option to me. Like, he retired, like, at the end of camp, and I don't know. Maybe he could be brought back, and he knows the offense. He knows the personnel. Like, that makes sense to me, uh, rather than sounding a, a Kareem Hunt or a playoff Lenny, because those guys are going to be expensive, and year-long contributors, not just, like, stopgap guys. James Robinson. I mean, didn't we draft a guy, like, like two years ago? Jamar Jefferson. Jamar Jefferson, maybe. I think he's on practice squad. Maybe you bring him up. Probably get elevated. 
but I mean, I don't know. That's not. He's not David Montgomery. So yeah, that's as bad as. If you want a David Montgomery reliever, I I would only compare him to some of those guys that I mentioned early on. Right. Fournette, Hunt, James Robinson would be good. Yeah, he's a free agent. There you go. That might work. But like that. Anyways, uh, so yeah, the rushing game, uh, definitely some some ro- a rocky start for it for sure. And my, I will say Montgomery on the whole, I mean, like he's he's pretty damn good when he when he, he you know looked good yesterday. He made a lot of plays and yeah. and he's filling the role that we thought he would. But yeah, now now him being out for a couple weeks is definitely going to be a problem for this offense. Um. All right. So we've talked about the defense. We talked about the offense. Uh, we also have to talk about Dan Campbell yesterday um, went for it on fourth down three times uh, only converted one of them. And honestly uh, the first one was pretty damn questionable. They were in field goal range, but Al and I have an agreement that uh, one Al gets to be mad at those non fourth down conversions because he criticizes the fourth down conversions to begin with. So, but he also doesn't celebrate the ones that we do convert. Where on the other hand, I don't get to criticize Dan Campbell when he doesn't make it on fourth down because I celebrate the fourth down conversions. You don't get it both ways. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You cannot have it both ways, ladies and gentlemen. You know what you're getting with Dan Campbell. And he is an aggressive head coach. He's going to go for a fourth down three times, even when he is in field goal range. Yeah, and I think where it boils down for me, it's like it's not that I have a problem with every single time it goes for and fourth down. It's the batshit crazy ones that, yeah. that we see. Like we saw one last week. We saw one this week that was questionable. Like those are the ones that are, are enough for me to go, uh, I guess, overall not a fan. So I, I, I'm glad we have this little bit of a line in the sand here because uh, that's pretty much, I feel like that's fair. You know, right. yeah, no. Um, but where we do have a problem is him taking his foot off the gas at on that last possession. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the pick six scared him. Uh, maybe they saw something in the Seattle defense where they didn't want to. But honestly, they had great field positioning. They had all three timeouts to start that drive. You let it dwindle on down and you kick the field goal to send it into overtime. You you had a 50-50 shot there. And maybe not even that because who knows if our offense does end up scoring a touchdown uh if they get the ball. But you I as soon as Seattle won that coin toss, I knew it was it's over. It's over. Because our defense couldn't stop a nosebleed yesterday. So I don't know. Tough, tough, tough game. That is a game where you watch the game field once and then burn it, get rid of it. You have to move on from that game, and you have to move on from it quickly because you cannot start this year one and two. No. Especially dropping both home games. Home home NFC matchups. Yes. Which you cannot are, drop these fucking games. Those are the ones you got to you gotta take, take a W. Also, it was a really tough game to watch because the Lions should have won that fucking game, even with all the blunders. But that was the biggest letdown spot possible. <laughs> we were saying this, I, I was saying it all week, that it is a ginormous, massive letdown spot. Seattle has had our number the last couple of years. They're coming off a ginormous loss at home against the Rams. Detroit's coming off the biggest win in team history, home game, everybody's going nuts. 
it was the biggest letdown spot in letdown spot history. But you know what? I I will say though, it, it it's not like they went out there and and like laid an egg. Like it was a no. competitive game like, until the very end. They forced it to overtime. Lots of points. There were some good. There was some good. There was some ugly. But there was more than some ugly for sure. For sure. But like it wasn't a complete farce of, of a performance like all around and. Yeah, I, I completely agree. This is one that you just need to you need to watch the film once and then say, "All right, we're on to Atlanta. Let's just move on." And you absolutely cannot lose to them next week. I know they're two and zero. They came against the pack, but uh, yeah, dude, you cannot start off one and two against two on on paper cupcake NFC <laughs> home games. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, no, we're moving on to Atlanta. The good news is is that we're still tied for the division lead. Uh, because Green Bay lost yesterday to the team that we're facing this Sunday, Atlanta. Honestly, Green Bay should be 2-0 right now. Uh, they were up 12 uh, with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Let that one slip from their hands. Uh, and Atlanta went on to win. Uh, Desmond Ritter now 30-0 and at home, dating back to college. <laughs> That's crazy. That wow. Uh, but he's on the road. Uh, so we have back-to-back home games. We'll see what comes of it. Um, I mean, this offense is going to ride on Bijan Robinson and the rushing attack for for sure. Desmond Ritter is kind of whatever. It's uh, actually he is exactly whatever, not kind of. It's it's good that uh, that our run game looked so good on Sunday because that's how Atlanta wins games. Uh, but who knows? Uh, the bad news is uh, we do not know what's happening with Taylor Decker and if he's going to be back. But we it looks like we're losing James Houston for a couple of weeks. He suffered a fractured ankle. Pascal out for uh, a few weeks, I think. Pascal hitting the IR. Yeah. Uh, Khalil Dorsey on the IR. Um, David Montgomery going to uh, going to miss a couple of weeks. Vitai, um, he doesn't expect. Campbell said Monday that he doesn't expect Vitai to go to the injury reserve list, but he might be out for a couple weeks now. Uh, we need Decker back. We need to get Decker back so he can move uh, Glasgow to right guard and have a good starting lineup still for there. Um, we need some people on defense to step the fuck up, man. This is getting this is getting ludicrous. I don't know if we need Romeo to start playing better. I I don't know. They got to figure it out. Uh, we definitely need more Jack Campbell. Definitely more <laughs> Jack Campbell. Um, it's a Lions list of demands for this upcoming week. I demand satisfaction. Uh, I think this is the biggest one. We need to control time of possession uh, because that's exactly what Atlanta is going to try to do to us. So I'm saying 60 to 40%, 60% us, 40% them have control of time of possession. Hang on to the ball, ground and pound, yes. eat up the clock. Keep their offense off the field. Uh, don't let them get going. This one I feel like is a gimme. This one's for the defense. Less than 125 passing yards. 
I'm not. Gonna, I, th- I think you can definitely do that. I'm not going to ask for sacks because apparently you guys don't want to give us any. I'm not going to ask for turnovers because apparently you guys don't want to give us any. That's fine. Hold it's them, not fine, but all right. Hold them to 125 <laughs> passing yards. Okay. Um, if you're going to keep doing this, Dan. Ben Johnson better have some shit drawn up that cannot fail 100% fourth down conversion rate on Sunday. So I have uh, – that's one for the offense, one for the defense, one for the coaching staff, and then another one for uh, the offense, no turnovers. That's the reason we lost the game on Sunday. Uh, per usual, I'll chime in with just like one, yeah. <laughs> one demand. Uh, Marvin Jones – Get involved. Uh, I feel like week one was horrible. Uh, this week, I, I don't even remember. Did he do anything at all? Maybe a catch, maybe two? Anything? Uh, I do not remember. Of all the receivers, everyone had a decent day. I feel like I didn't see much of him at all. Right. I don't remember seeing him on the, uh, in the box score. Uh, let's let's try and get like 40, 40 plus yards from Marvin Jones. Let's let's get him a little more involved. Until JMO gets back, uh yeah, we're gonna need some receivers to step up. I think I think Reynolds has done a really nice job in week one and two, but you know, they're gonna start scheming for him. They're gonna start covering him if he's actually getting this open. So we're gonna need another guy to step up here besides St. Brown and him. And he's back here, but he's done all of Zilch since he all got back. Squat. So Marvin Jones, forty plus. Let's uh, see it. Marvin did not have Catch or target yesterday? Uh, yeah, I didn't think so. So, all right, score predictions. Oh, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to, like I said, they need to win this game, and I'm not going to be a total downer about everything because of one game. We have a long season to go. Uh, we're going to go We're gonna go. Lions 27, Falcons 20. Uh, and I think, one last note, I think the blue ski masks uh, – might retired. be might be dead on arrival. So. Retired Seahawks stole that from us yesterday. Yeah, not wear those anymore. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, 37-20 Detroit. Okay. We need to see a game where you guys win by double digits. Restore the faith in the fans, please. For the crazy fans, for the fans that love to jump to overreact and jump to conclusions. Uh, it's not us, for the record. <laughs> All right, let's close the show out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us. Thank you again for listening to Gridiron Zero's podcast. Um, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on TikTok, YouTube, all that good jazz. Um, at Gridiron Zero's pod uh, or at Gridiron Zero's, the handles. Um, last week, I gave you Geno Smith over 12 and a half rushing yards. Uh, it hit. We got back to formula. We got back to the basics. We're buddy against the Lions. Look at we're homers. We get that, but we also know how to make money, especially when it comes to betting against our team. Uh, so Al, with that all being said, get us back over 500, get us to two and one, the lock of the week. The floor is yours. But it's a lock. This week's lock of the week, the over. 54 and a half point over in the LA Chargers Minnesota Vikings game, one o'clock uh, at whatever the fuck the Vikings stadium's called. I'm blanking on it. Yeah, 54 and a half. 54 and a half is, is DraftKings. Look, I know it's that's I, jumped up. I know it's steep. I think that was at 51 this morning. I know that's steep already, but these two defenses have been 
abysmal. Po- points have been uh, easy, to easy to come by. So, uh, I mean, you look at it this way, ladies and gentlemen. That's thirty-one twenty-seven. That sounds so incredibly realistic. And the, b- both both these teams are desperately, desperately trying to go sure. get a win. So this is going to be a points bonanza, if I had to guess. Uh, so lock of the week there. Al, I don't know if we're on two separate wavelengths. I just want to say there was a really easy layup for you this week. Well, lay it on me. I'm not going to take it, but. I mean, I back to formula means back to formula. The Lions are going up against a mobile QB this week. Look, we, that bat hit last week, all right? And I'm and I'm happy. I'm happy it did. I'm happy, happy we're back on track. But you, you got to create your own path. I, I, I get that. I mean, do you remember some of the crazy shit I was taking last year and it was hitting? Like, we had alternate spreads going. We, we were like, some alternate stuff going. we were going we're wild. So I feel like we got a, you know, little yin and yang over here this week. <laughs> okay. That is uh, at minus 110, I assume. Uh, that was. Sorry, I can tell you exactly. Uh, uh, minus 108. Minus 108 on DraftKings. Uh, book it now, ladies and gentlemen. I believe that has gone up quite a bit since this morning. I thought I saw it at 51 and a half. Perhaps I was wrong. I mean, can it really go any further than that in the next couple of days? That's pretty fun. That's pretty high already, but yeah. I'm still feeling I mean, bullish on it. That is a big jump, but uh, we'll see. Uh, oh, wow. Patriots and Jets are the 37. I feel like I didn't even see that game. They must have not had that game listed on there when I was doing the board. I probably would have put something on there. Well, you got one quarterback who's a pumpkin and the other one who's coached by Bill Belichick. So Uh, later, latter years career, Bill Belichick. (laughs) They make that distinction. Uh, All right. We good? We're good. Uh, be sure to make good choices, good decisions, and we'll catch you on the next one. Later.